Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Psalm 112? Psalm 112. Glad that you're here today. I'm glad to be here this morning. It doesn't seem fair that we lose an hour of sleep last night, does it? Uh, but let me just tell you, you can make it up this afternoon. Not right now, all right? <laughs> Later this afternoon, you can make it up, all right? I give you permission to take a nap, but not in church, all right? So make it up later. Um, let's, uh, we're going to return to Psalm 112 this morning. We're going to continue the series on stewardship that I began a couple of weeks ago. Psalm 112, um, as you might remember, Psalm 112 describes an upright man or a woman, a righteous man, a righteous woman, and, ex- and it expresses, um, to some extent anyway, it, it explains how God blesses that person, an upright person, an upright man, upright woman. It also mentions how that person manages the blessings that God gives to them, the blessings that they have received. So um, it is a unique passage in the sense, at least for this purpose, to help us to get a perspective on how an upright person manages the, the, the resources, how they steward the resources that God has blessed them with. And so in that connection, last time I noted three stewardship principles that are observable in Psalm 112, and they are seen as relationships that exist between the actions and the attitudes of an upright person and the providence and the blessing of God. So here here are those principles simply stated, okay? If we want to boil them down to, to the essence of those three stewardship principles, here they are simply stated. Number one, when we honor God, God blesses us. Amen? When we honor God, God blesses us. Number two, when God blesses us, we ought to honor God with his blessings. What he blesses us with, we should bless, honor God with those blessings. And then number three, when we honor God with those blessings, then God honors us. God honors us. So those are the three stewardship principles simply stated. And so with those principles in mind, we're going to read Psalm 112 once more, and we're going to see if you can see in this passage, if you can discern uh, those, uh, each one of those connections in Psalm uh, 112. So if you have your Bibles, look at Psalm 112. Let's begin in verse number one. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who is who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with a man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will, he will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart 
is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. And the wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words. God, we pray that you would uh, please open up our hearts to you this morning so that you might reveal truth to us today. God, we, the, truth that, uh, the truth is that you care about how we manage our money because it is an important indicator of our faith in, in you, our relationship with you. So help us, Lord, to honor you with our wealth, not for the sake of wealth, but because we love you, Lord. God, I pray that you would anoint me to preach Help me, Lord, to say what you want us to hear. Give each one of us, Lord, the ears to hear, the faith to believe, and the will to obey. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Now, in this passage, we uh, we observe three stewardship principles in the example of this upright man. Let me restate those principles uh, for us this morning. Number one, we observe the relationship between righteousness and prosperity, that there is a connection between our obedience and God's blessing to us. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to emphasize that one uh, today. Principle number two is this, the relationship that exists between God's blessing and our giving. When God blesses us, we ought to honor him with what he blesses us with. We'll talk about that next week. And then number three, the relationship between our generosity, when we do give, the relationship between our generosity and God's promise uh, and his promises in our life. That is, when we live, when we give according to God's words, then how many knows we can claim the promises that God makes in his words? We'll talk about that the following week. So once again, when we honor God, God blesses us. Number two, when God blesses us, we ought to honor God with those blessings. Number three, when we honor God with those blessings, then God honors us. Well, this morning, I'm going to highlight the first one of these three, that there is a relationship between uh, righteousness and prosperity. Did you notice verses 1 through 3? They say, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house. Do I have your attention yet? Wealth and riches will be in his house. Somebody say amen. Amen. (laughs) Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. So I know how controversial it sounds uh, for me to say that the person who fears the Lord and the person who delights to do God's words, that they will be blessed and that they will be blessed with wealth and with riches. And so that's why I'm glad that I didn't say that. How many knows the Bible says that? That the person who fears the Lord will be blessed. Uh, The person who delights in doing God's word, wealth and riches will be in his, her, their house. 
That's a promise that God makes in his word. Now listen, despite the misunderstanding and despite the misapplication of this principle, the basic truth remains unchanged. God wants to bless his people and prosperity is a promise that scripture makes to those who will honor God and obey his commands. It's a basic truth. God wants to bless his people. He has promised that he will prosper those who honor him and who obey his commands. Now, there are, there are several things that should be said to help us understand that principle because it's misunderstood a lot. It's misrepresented a lot. And so there are several things that, that should be said to help us to understand that principle because um, people can become confused and they may wonder, well, why am I not rich? <laughs> you know, I, I love the Lord. I fear the Lord. I do my best to serve him, to honor him. I try to obey his word and yet I'm, and yet I'm poor. And so it's, it can be confusing. And then on the other hand, um, some misapply this principle and they use it to teach what I believe is a distorted gospel of, of greed, that they just want more money and they want God to give more and more to them. And so they, they try to manipulate this principle. However, as I've already said, remember, neither guilt nor greed will help us understand how to apply this principle to our life. It's not guilt that will make us good stewards of God's word. I'm not here to lay a guilt trip on anybody. And it's not greed that will make us good stewards. I'm not here to try to make you greedy so that you can just get more uh, from God. So, uh, so let me make this morning, I want to make four points that hopefully will put this particular stewardship principle into perspective and will hopefully will help us to understand how God blesses those who fear him and, and who obey his word. Because that's what Bible says, amen? Bible says if you will honor God, if you'll obey his word, then God will bless you and God will God will prosper you. Pastor Tim didn't say that. The Bible says that, all right? So let's understand how it is that God blesses those who fear him and obey his word. The first point that I want to make this morning, first statement that I want to make this morning is concerning the financial principles of God's word. God's word contains some basic financial principles that if you will obey those principles, you will become more prosperous. Now, I didn't say you'd become rich. You will become more prosperous. The Bible contains, um, like any subject, the Bible contains practical financial advice. And here's what I believe. I believe that it's God's word, amen. I believe that it's true cover to cover, amen. Uh, and so it contains practical financial advice. And if you will follow the Bible's practical financial advice, then I believe that you will be more likely to prosper in your life. Those, these principles in God's word, financial principles, are not get-rich-quick get schemes. There's no, they're not gimmicks um, about how to get rich. They're just common sense guides to responsible money management. And if we'll obey them, we'll prosper and we'll be blessed. Now, again, I'm just talking about 
uh, foundational truths, financial management, such as things the Bible encourages us, uh, talks to us about the importance of of, um, the importance and the reward of hard work. Amen? I didn't get a big amen on that. Let me try that again. I said the Bible teaches us about the importance and the reward of just working hard. Amen? And so there's a responsibility that God's Word puts on us that we ought to work. If we're going to provide for ourselves and provide for our families, and how many knows that hard work is the way that you can earn money and get your family ahead? Amen? So that's just a a practical financial principle of God's work. Work hard and, and earn money. Or here's another one. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on these this morning. Number, uh, another one is, how about the Bible warns us about the foolishness of frivolous spending, spending money that we don't have, spending money on things uh, that will rust or corrupt or decay in this world. So the Bible gives us some uh, good practical financial advice about not spending money on things that are frivolous, things that are short-term. Or how about this one? The Bible speaks to us about the integrity of honoring your financial obligations, paying your debts, and living frugally, right? Uh, The Bible talks to us about the wisdom of avoiding debts, not to, go into, not to go into debt because then you've made that person your master uh, over you. These, again, these are not earth-shaking spiritual revelations. They're not get-rich-quick uh, get schemes. They're not gimmicks. They're just sound financial principles that the Bible talks about. The Bible warns us about the trap of covetousness, coveting what your neighbor has. They bought a new boat. Well, I want a new boat too. <laughs> Uh, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the person next door. The Bible says we shouldn't compare ourselves to one another and beware of covetousness and how it is a snare to us. How about this? The Bible talks about the long-term goal of providing an inheritance for your family, working hard, laying up an inheritance for your kids, for your grandkids uh, as well. And then finally, the last one I'll mention, the Bible warns us about the risks and the rewards of investing our money properly, right? So listen, what I'm saying is all of these things are just sound financial principles that the Bible contains. I'm no expert on on that topic, and I don't have time to go into a lot of detail about uh, all of the practical financial advice that God's Word contains. There's resources out there that you can access Uh, For instance, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, and he has some books that you can look. Just financial principles that are contained in God's Word that if you will obey those principles, then you are more likely to prosper. And so God blesses those who obey His words because there is sound financial advice in God's Word. Here's the point. God's Word contains practical wisdom concerning money management that can benefit, uh, that anyone can benefit from if they'll just apply its truth to their life. Um, And that's, like I said, that's true of many subjects, not just finances, marriage. Uh, You know, the Bible talks about marriage and that if, and if you will obey what God's word says about marriage, then you'll have a better marriage. See how simple that is? It's, 
is practical. The Bible contains information about raising your children and about relationships and about any number of subjects, real world issues that we face every day. Amen. I mean, it was the Bible's not just beneficial for Sunday morning and the preacher. The, the Bible is beneficial from Monday morning through Friday and Saturday also. It's got practical wisdom that if you'll obey its advice, you'll prosper and, and you will be blessed. And that advice is accessible. It's um, applicable to saints and sinners alike. I think sinners can, can prosper if they will obey the principles of God's word about financial. And I didn't say they would be saved. I didn't say they were going to heaven. But I say if, if even a sinner can obey the sound financial principles of God's word and they can prosper because they're obeying God's word. God has told us how to do it. So whether or not they're Christians, if they obey the principles that have been established by our creator, they can, they can be blessed and they can prosper. So that's the first thing. The, the Word of God contains foundational, basic financial principles that if you obey those principles, you'll prosper and, and you'll be blessed. However, there is a difference between those general financial principles that anyone can apply and, and can be blessed and the promises that God makes in His Word that He makes exclusively to His people. And so that's the second point. So there's these, there are general financial principles that if you obey them, you will prosper and you'll be blessed. But the second point is this, beyond those general financial principles that are contained in God's word, also in God's word are specific promises that God makes to his people. Only to his people. Anyone can be blessed by reading and obeying what God's word says about responsible money management. However, only God's people will benefit from his promises of prosperity. God, God's desire is to do good to his children. God's desire is to set a distinction between his people and the world. And God's desire is to do good to his children. God's desire is to bless his children. In fact, that's the entire theme of the Bible. The Bible tells us that God created a perfect paradise. And in that paradise, he placed the first man and the first woman there to enjoy, we presume, for all of eternity. They never had to work. Uh, they were there and they could enjoy all of the blessings and all of the benefits that God had created uh, for them. God had made every provision that their every need would be met. He anticipated everything that they needed. He was a gracious and a loving God. And he gave them everything that they could ever want. Aren't you thankful that that's the heart of God is to bless his children and to prosper us? Um, it was... It was their sin, it was Adam and Eve's sin, that uh, it was their greed for more of something else other than just God himself. It was their greed that caused them to lose that prosperity and lose that blessing. From now on, God said to Adam and Eve, you'll have to earn your livelihood with the sweat of your own brow. And yet, and yet, God 
Still, he continued to show his love and his grace for his people by making a way for humans to enjoy his blessing and for humans to enjoy his favor. You remember he called Abraham, and the Bible says he blessed Abraham. He said to Abraham, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And the Bible says that Abraham prospered, that he accumulated many possessions. Why? Due to God's covenant with him because God has a giving heart. Amen? God has a giving heart. And he said, you're going to be my people. You're going to be my servant. And I'm going to enter into covenant with you. And because of that covenant, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to prosper you. If you will walk before me blameless, I'll bless you. And, and I will prosper you. God's, God's people prosper when they walk in a covenant relationship with God. When we're in a covenant relationship, God's will, his desire is to bless us. His, his desire is to prosper us. Then you remember several hundred years later when Moses led God's people out of Egyptian slavery, God revealed himself to them and he gave them his law and in his law, he promised to them, if you will obey me, if you will keep my law, if you'll walk before me, I will be your God. You will be my people. And this is, listen, Deuteronomy chapter 8. I could read the whole chapter. I'm not going to, all right? Uh, but Deuteronomy chapter 8 talks about how God desires to bless his people. Let me just read a few verses for you this morning. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed you shall be in the fields. Blessed, blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall, be, uh, sh shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. How many believe God's desire is to bless his people? Amen. That when we're in a covenant relationship with him, God wants to do good to his people. I, I know we have a hard time believing that sometimes, but that's, but that's just the kind of God that we serve. He's a good God. We sang about it. This, he's, a, he's a good, good father. Amen. And he wants to bless his children and prosper us. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 29 contains the curses that will result if we do not, uh, or if they did not obey God. However, it's clear that God's desire is to bless and to prosper his children if they will walk upright before him, if they will honor him and obey his commands. As Deuteronomy chapter th uh, 30, verses 9 and 10 summarizes, this is what God said to Israel. The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of your cattle, and in the fruit of your ground. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you as he took delight in your fathers. When you obey the voice of the Lord your God, 
to keep his commandments and his statutes that are written in the book of the law when you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. But you might say that's an Old Testament uh, promise. That's in the Old Testament. It's a promise that God made to the nation of Israel and under the Old Covenant. And let me say to you this morning, you would be right if you, if you were to say that. And, and so let me say this morning, you cannot, you cannot make a direct application from a specific promise that God t- made to a particular person or a particular people in, in certain circumstances. You can't make a direct application to your unique situation today. But here's what you can do. Here's what we can do. We can say God does not change. God does not change. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. He is the same gracious, good, giving God that blessed Abraham and that blessed Israel. It's the same God that wants to bless us. He's the same God that desires to bless us and do good to us as well. And if he expressed his willingness to bless his covenant people then, how many knows, I believe that we can say he wants to bless his covenant people now. Amen. He wants to bless us and prosper us. In fact, the new covenant is based on that fundamental truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And Jesus taught us that the father's heart is always to give to his children. Isn't that what we could stop right there and just shout and pray and have had church. But we're not going to, all right? We're not going to stop there. Uh, but it, he's a good God, a gracious heavenly father. Now listen, not everything that God gives to us is material, not even the most important things that God gives to us are material things. I'll say more about that in just one second. But his blessing certainly includes our physical, our financial, our material needs. God cares about those things in our life, and he desires to bless us and prosper us. As Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, but my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad that God has the resources? Amen. His arm's not short. His bank account is not low. He's able to meet all of our needs, and it's his desire to. He wants to do that if we'll walk uprightly before him. Now, I've got, I've got good kids. I love each one. Irene has done a great job with our kids. <laughs> um, but occasionally, I, I'll have to, every once in a while, I'll have to remind them how fortunate they are because, well, because we give them everything that they need. Uh, we, we give them a place to sleep, food to eat. We give them everything they need. Now, I don't... I don't know if they would consider themselves to be rich. Probably not because they don't get everything that they, that they want. But, but I would say they're blessed because they've got parents that provide for them and meet their needs. I would say that you feel the same way about your kids as well. You provide for them. You meet their needs because you, because you love them. And what I'm saying to you this morning is that we are blessed because we are children of God. He knows what our needs are 
And in fact, it's his good pleasure to give to his, to his children. So beyond, beyond the basic financial principles of God's word that we can apply, anybody can apply and be blessed if we'll obey those principles in God's word. We, as Christians, we as believers, we enjoy a, a special covenant relationship with God. And as as a part of that relationship with God, he is our heavenly father and he has, he has promised us that he will prosper us if we'll walk in obedience before him. And we are his children if we do what he says, if we obey his voice. Now it's dangerous to assume that God's blessing depends more on our obedience than God's grace because how many knows we can never earn everything that God does for us. Uh, so it's, it's not by our works, it's by his, his grace. However, there is a correlation. What I'm saying this morning is that there is a correlation between our willingness to walk in obedience to him and that covenant relationship that we have with God and God's promise to prosper us when we do. When we're living in faith and we're walking by faith. We're walking in that relationship with God. God has promised he'll prosper us. But what does it mean to be rich? Um, well, it depends on what you mean by the word rich, which brings me to the third point that I want to make this morning. And I've got to hurry through these next two points. But the third point is, is this, and that is uh, we need to define what the Bible means by prosperity. Prosperity. Prosperity in the Bible is never simply a measure of how much money or how much you have, how much stuff you have accumulated. That's, that's not what the Bible means by prosperity. Well, let me say it this way. It's not everything that the Bible means when it talks about prosperity. Moreover, uh, in as much as financial wealth and uh, material blessings are included in prosperity, they are never Money and, and accumulations are never used for comparison, only, only for illustration. Now, what do I mean? In other words, wealth in the Bible, wealth is never used to compare one person's righteousness to another person's righteousness. Because this person is more prosperous doesn't necessarily mean they're more righteous than another person. I already made that point two weeks ago. The Bible makes it clear, in fact, that in many instances, very often, the wicked are wealthier than, than the righteous. Uh, obviously, uh, their wealth, the wicked's wealth, their wealth is not a sign of God's blessing in their life. So here's what we can conclude. We can conclude that money and material possessions are, are not comparative measurements of righteousness. It's not the more righteous you are, the more money you have. Or the more obedient you are, the more blessing you have. That's not, uh, that's not the point. Bill Gates is not more righteous than you because he's richer than you. <laughs> he is richer than you. <laughs> he's a lot richer <laughs> than me. <laughs> Doesn't mean he's more righteous uh, than, than you. God's blessing is more than money. God, prosperity uh, is about your well-being, your wholeness, your, your well-being. Biblical prosperity is experiencing the peace and the provision of God throughout the many dimensions of your life, not just finances, 
but it's experiencing God's peace and his provision in your physical, your financial, uh, your mental, your spiritual, your relational aspects of your life. It's experiencing God's peace and provision in every aspect uh, of your life. It, God's prosperity seeks a balance of well-being in your life that makes each believer unique and a faithful and a uh, fruitful servant of God. God's prosperity is to bless you in a unique way to make you a fruitful and a faithful servant of all my, it means he's not necessarily going to bless you the same way he blesses somebody else. It's not all physical, it's not all financial. There's many ways that God blesses us and brings about prosperity in our life. I saw a meme the other day um, of a bodybuilder, and um, the bodybuilder had developed massive muscles in his arms. I mean, he had these massive muscles in his, in his arms and his chest. And however, his legs looked like toothpicks. They were thin and they were weak. And I think the caption said something like this, when you skip leg day at the gym. <laughs> well, I mean, he looked ridiculous. He was, he was out of balance. You know, up top he was all muscular. His legs were just thin and, and weak. Well, I don't know if the picture was um, photoshopped or not. It might have been. <laughs> but, but it gets the point across. And the point is this, prosperity is not just a big bank account. It's not just about having more money. It, prosperity is, is about balance and it's about wholeness in your life. God wants to make you uh, physically, financially, spiritually, mentally, he wants to make you whole. He wants you to prosper in every way uh, in, in your life. So God wants to prosper you, but that doesn't mean that he's just gonna, he, he's gonna give you more money Especially, listen, especially if giving you more money causes more problems in your life or if it creates some other imbalance in your life. We, we think money is the solution to every problem. How many knows money is not the solution to every problem? So God's not just going to automatically give you more money uh, because it's not the solution to every problem. Sometimes that would actually do more harm than good if God gave, gave us more money. It's hard to believe, but it's true. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Now, what does that mean? I believe that at least partially it means that he is going to bless you. God is going to bless you in a way that is consistent with his will for your life. And he is going to bless you in a manner that is not going to undermine your overall well-being in your life. Sometimes money is not the answer because it's going to do more harm than good. Let me remind you of something that I've already said. Money is not inherently evil, right? We talked about that. Money is not inherently evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. Um, but well, here's the other side of that coin, all right? You ready this morning? Money is not inherently good either. We just think, well, if we just had more money, <laughs> then we could do whatever it is that we want to do. It, well, if we just had more money, that would solve the problem uh, in, in our life. Can I tell you this morning, simply adding more money doesn't make problems disappear, and it doesn't automatically make situations better. 
How many wish that our government would learn that, learn that lesson as well, right? It's not just adding more money. That, just, that doesn't solve every problem. Uh, we sometimes think that money is the answer to all of our problems. It's, it's not. Why would God give you more money if it's not going to solve your problems? Why, why would God give you more money if it's not going to change your heart? If it's only going to make you more covetous or more greedy? Or if it's not going to uh, get at the deeper issues that are going on in your spirit and in your life? He's not, gonna, he's not going to do it. Why would God give you more money if it's going to create sorrow in, in your life? God wants you to be well, not just well off. We would settle for well off, wouldn't we? God says, no, that's not the answer. I want you to be well. I want to prosper you, not just give you more wealth and, and more stuff. Money won't, make, money won't automatically make your marriage better. Money won't automatically make you love your neighbor more. Money won't automatically make you a better Christian. Money won't do anything about the sin or the pride that is in your heart. Money won't remove unforgiveness. Money won't do anything about resentment. Money won't cause you to serve God more. Money won't even cause you to give God more. Some of the issues that are in our life can't be solved by money. For those issues, God gives grace in our life. And how many knows God's grace is greater than gold? Amen. The point is, is that God wants you to prosper. And that's not just financially. He wants, he wants you to be well. But I tell you what, when God gives grace and some of these other areas begin lining up in, in your life, when you, here's another principle, and I don't have time to go into this principle, but how many knows that the Bible says when you prove yourself faithful over a few things, then God does begin to give you more things as well. Amen. So God desires for us to prosper, but prosperity, the biblical pros uh, definition of prosperity is not just more money. It's, it's wholeness and it's overall well-being. He wants you to be well. Then let me give you the fourth and the final statement this morning before we close. Number four, biblical stewardship is really about one issue, and it's about an is the issue of priority. This issue that we're talking about this morning, that there is a connection between righteousness and prosperity, obedience and blessing. Here's what it boils down to. It boils down to priority. What is your priority in life? You remember Jesus said this, if you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then that's exactly right. Then all of these other things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all of this other stuff will be added to you. You see, when we, when we make God's kingdom a priority in our life, then God makes your well-being a priority in his kingdom. Isn't that good?
Isn't he a good God, a gracious heavenly father? He says, listen, it's my desire to bless you. I want to prosper you. I want you to be, I want you to be well, not just well off. I want you to be well. I want you to be whole. And yes, that includes, I'm going to take care of your physical and your financial and your material needs. I've, how many believe that God's got that covered? Amen. He can cover that. I'm going to take care of those things. If you will seek me first, if, if you will walk in that covenant relationship that I have initiated with you through Jesus Christ, if you'll walk upright before me and honor me, then I'll make sure that all of your needs are met. And I will bless you and, and I will prosper you. You see, when we, when we honor God, then God blesses us. It really is that simple. When we honor him, he'll bless us. How many want God's blessing in your life? I asked you earlier, how, much, how many of you, you want everything that God's got for you? I want God's blessing. I want the prosperity. Listen, I want the kind of prosperity that only God can give me. I don't want to just spend my life trying to make more, more money because more money is not always the answer. I want God to prosper me according to his unique will for my life and what he wants from me and in my life. So I want God's blessing. I want God's prosperity. And so I want to say, Lord, I want to seek first your kingdom. I want to put you first. I want to walk humbly before you, God. I want to honor you with my life. I want to obey you, God, because I believe that if I will put you first, if I will honor you, then I believe you'll bless me. And I believe God will do the same for each one of us. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.